Welcome to the new Flash podcast. My name is Brett Arnold at Brett Redacted on Twitter. Joe Avella, not on Twitter. And uh, this is a horror movie podcast about horror movies and all things tangentially related to horror. But the main event for this episode is going to be the new Stephen King slash Joe Hill joint. Father and son come together. They wrote a book, I think, and not a short story called In the Tall Grass. Is that right? I thought it was a short. Is it a book? I don't know. Could have looked it up. <laughs> already, already off to a great start. Tight ship with the Tight fact ship. check. Yes. Yeah. So uh, anyway, they worked on it together, and now it's a Netflix movie, and we watched it. We did watch it. Yeah. Uh, I watched episodes. the latest episode of Creep Show, which is on uh, Shutter now. Joe will talk about why he didn't. Um, what else? Where? Yeah, where? I saw some uh, big new releases. I saw Joker, which uh, made a bunch of fucking money, broke records, surprisingly, despite the threat of mass shootings that the media really wanted to happen that didn't happen. Um, yeah. And what else happened? Well, there's always next weekend. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Uh, you're going to get <laughs> us flagged by the whoever f- no, listens right, to this sorry. show. Sorry. Um, Nobody shoot anyone, please. <laughs> Thank you. Um, and yeah, I saw Uncut Gems, the new Safdie Brothers movie at the New York premiere. Uh, I was in the room with, uh, Adam Sandler and Kevin Garnett and Mike Francesa and, and all these crazy people. Um, it was, cool. really, yeah, it was funny. Um, and yeah, I had an interesting week, I guess. I was, uh, upstate all weekend. That's why this episode's late. We were in, yeah, what gives? we were just in, uh, Kingston, New York, which is a couple hours, uh, upstate, um, we rented a car. No, we didn't rent a car. We went with friends who had a car. Another couple stayed at this really cool uh, house on the private lake that you had to like drive through the woods to get to. It was really crazy. Um, just really nice, relaxing weekend. You know, great. What are Good those for like? You, you got to get out of the you city sometimes. It. Thanks. I agree. <laughs> um, I uh, I also I made my public access TV debut on last week's. Chris Gethard show. He, uh, I meant to ask you that. So you are still doing that? I am still doing that. He, uh, Chris and I, Chris brought me on the show first. The show opened last week. It's a live show. It's 11, you know, 11 o'clock and 10 seconds. And Chris grabs me and brings me out. Uh, because moments before we were, were live, Chris always does um, little like Instagram lives before the show. And sure. when he was doing that, uh, I walked over, I was in the background and Chris came up and was talking to me and he was showing me, he was just, you know, talking to me while his people were talking to him on, on Instagram live. And he asked what I did on the show and he's like, yeah, what do you do here? Like I see you're here every week. Like, what do you do? And I was like, uh, I'm just extra hands. Like I'm, you know, just whatever people need me to do. And then he was like, oh my God, you have no idea what you just did. You just gave me the best nickname for you. And he encouraged everyone to call me extra hands. So he brought me on air and called me extra hands. And is trying to make it like a character and make it like a thing. It's great, baby. Love it. Chris Gethard yeah, show. That. Chris Gethard presents every Wednesday on MNN. Do you see Jared there? Do we already talk about this? A uh, friend of the podcast, Jared Jeffries. I thought he did something with the Manhattan. He must do uh, something. I mean, I'm only there. I'm there Wednesday nights from like 8 to, to midnight. That's such a specific window. I'm sure he's there, you know, actual normal yeah, hours. I think, I think he's during the day. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
But I mean, yeah, there's always people there. It's a pretty interesting place to be. And I enjoy Congratulations, the show. Extra it's fun. Hand. Thank you. Yeah. Check it out. Fun episode. Christy Cello was that episode. It was really fun. Uh, I'm trying to think of what else happened that week. That was it. Uh, New York Film Festival is still going strong. That's where I saw Uncut Gems at the premiere. It was a secret screening. Uh, oh. Yeah, there's really nothing else at the festival that I'm interested in. And uh, Brooklyn Horror Fest is starting next week. And boy, are we excited about it over at the New Flash podcast. Um, we're thrilled. We're happy to cover it. This is our third year getting press access to it. So we really appreciate that. I hope you're not listening. Um, yeah. yeah, boy. Uh, Joe, what's uh, what's going on with you? Nothing. Wow, great. Joe's in a talkative mood conver- tonight. Fountain conversation over here. Nothing really, man. Just kind of doing the same old, same old here over in, in Los Angeles. In Los Feliz. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm going to dox you want- on the show. Yeah, go for like it. You do, like you do our fans if they give us money. Well, we have a new Patreon subscriber. And do I, we? And I, I'm using, yes, and I'm using my wife's laptop, so all my passwords are not saved on here. So I'm trying to go through here and... <laughs> uh, oh, what the fuck is my Facebook password? We have another Why would new I know one. That? Oh, I just, I just noticed it. Who is it? I need to know. I don't... What login to the six-digit code? This fucking sucks! <laughs> you want me to stop or are we going to just keep going? No, it's fine. Just uh, like, uh, not. I didn't do anything over the weekends. I got a flat tire. I had to get it fixed. That was my. That was the highlight of my weekend. Oh, did you like? How did that trans? Like, how did that happen? Did you have to? Did you have to do it yourself? I don't know. I wouldn't know how to do that. No, dude. It's like actually like the most charmed way to get a flat tire. Uh, we got drive. I drove to work all last week, and I hear like a a reoccurring like whatever like clicking or something, and like the tire meter telling me that I have a flat wasn't telling me I had a flat. So I'm like, what the fuck is that noise? Even though I clearly don't have a flat tire. And uh, while I was driving with Mo to the mall, to the Glendale mall, uh, like it was getting like, really loud. And I'm like, I think something, I think like ran over like a nail or wrong, something yeah. or a screw or whatever. <laughs> so we're, we're on the expressway doing this. And, uh, and like right when we pull off to get like to the Glendale mall or whatever, it's like going from like Los Feliz or whatever. So it's like we're like two blocks away from it. And I'm like, ah, let's see if there's a tire place here. Something's stuck on the tire or something, you know. It's it's and then anyway, like then at that moment it's like boom, pow, like huge pop. Like the tire just blows out, right? And I'm like, ah fuck, and I pull over. By the way, we're no longer on the expressway. We're like just on like the suburban streets heading towards the mall. And I pull over and I look, and sure enough, it's a flat. I'm like, fucking A, like what do I do? Get a tow truck? How do I do this? Got a finer yeah. tire place. You look up like tire repair in that area. There's a place literally one block away. Drove four miles an hour into the thing. Dropped it. You pointed it like flat. Fix it. They're like, all right. And we were going to the mall anyway. So we walk over to the mall, did our shopping and wandering around until they called us. Like pretty much we were done shopping. Walk over, pay them 150 bucks, drove home. That's not so bad. Oh, it's great. I mean, save for like getting a flat tire, like, I don't know, like in my driveway, it was like the most convenient. I mean, it would have been more convenient to get a flat tire pulling into tire center. Yeah, that's true. Well, I'm glad that worked out for you. Could have been worse. Yeah. So I mean, still pain in the ass and expensive, but uh, nothing, man. Going to Denver next week. Where's my, uh, 
Denver heads, new flesh head, Denver heads, two new heads. flesh, Denver hive assemble. Where are you? <laughs> Where's my Denver hive? Should, should I do a meetup? Yeah, do it. Do a meetup. Everyone, everyone do a, do get, a, get you, drinks. You can't do a tweet up. You don't have Twitter anymore, allegedly. I mean, I still have the account. I just don't give a shit. Yeah, it's been the, it's been I mean, singing the same tune for for years. Still I mean, on. Should there. I? Should I actually like delete it for real? What oh my god! Everyone tweet at Joe if he should delete his account. That would maybe encourage yeah, 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 him yeah, yeah. to. That's cyberbully uh, reason- Joe. Yeah, that's fine. I mean, uh, I'll, I'll have to like rem- remind me in a week to check it because I never look at it. But anyway, I kind of deleted all my tweets. Although, man, I really blew it with the deleting of the tweets. If anyone is thinking about deleting all their tweets, first of all, wholeheartedly recommend it. It feels fucking amazing. It's so nice to go to at least <laughs> one social media platform. <laughs> And just, you know, just be like, oh, you know what? I don't exist here, and it totally doesn't matter. Totally does not matter. Nobody gives a shit. Nobody noticed. Nobody said anything. I've, I follow seven people, and of those seven people, I've only not muted one of them. And it is, of course, O.J. Simpson. And he sucks <laughs> on Twitter, too, because he's all, he's all just like talking about fantasy football and shit. Yeah, I thought he was going to be talking about stabbing Twitter, and stuff. You want him just like confessing to crimes on Twitter 24-7? His first... Because there's all videos. His first tweet was like, I'm on here. It's really me. I got some getting even to do. And I'm like, here we go, baby. Air like, that dirty follow. laundry. <laughs> Air that dirty bloody glove laundry. And everything since then has just been like, oh, I got this guy for fantasy football. And he's not doing so good. I'm just telling it like it is. And this football player has been, you know, complaining about his pay. And hey, man, just keep it all about the game. You know what I'm saying? And we're just like, juice. Talk about that time you killed those two people, for God's sake. So it's just, it's boring. It's not any good. Um, so anyway, uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe she, I, uh, oh, what I was going to say is, so Brett, when you when the walls finally closed in on you and all those tweets when you thought you were going to be an alt comic, when you made some like dumb jokes about molesting or rape or whatever you thought was like totally yes. like shocking and funny. Yes. When you decide to delete all your tweets, the problem is, is that there's plenty of services that will just delete all of them. And that's fine. What, here's what I missed. What I should have done is because I was, I was originally going to go through and just delete everything except like some quote really good ones. Like I have any really good ones. And after a while, I was like, oh, that's taking fucking forever. And I'm, I'm missing like, you know, I'm not checking the replies to other tweets, which I could have said something stupid. And also I don't give a shit. So I just paid the whatever $5 to do the thing to delete all of them. Right. Uh-huh. What I, sh- what I should have done, and you should do this and anyone else, this is even funnier than deleting all of them, is going through and deleting all of them, except for like one or two of your very first ones. Just the stupid ones where you're like, hello, Twitterverse, or is this thing on, or hey, I did a tweet. Like Everyone has a really stupid first tweet. Yeah. I just think it so- would be so funny if I just had my Twitter account still and one tweet from 2008 that has like two likes. That'd be so goddamn funny. Yeah, that's comedy. And just, that's I my like that. Tweet. Like, that's my only tweet. And I'm fo- and I just unfollowed everyone. So zero followers, or zero following zero. How many followers I have? One tweet. Hello Twitterverse or whatever. Like, uh, you know, hey, follow me on Facebook. Like whatever. Yeah, I, welcome I thought was to a- the Twitterverse. It's me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> my friends told totally me to check this out. Am I doing this right? Hashtag Twitter. <laughs> So embarrassing. Uh, uh, I employ. That's what I employ all new flesh heads to a get off Twitter and b delete everything except one of your first tweets, or at very least go back and everyone go ahead and retweet 
your first tweet or one of your first dumb tweets, go ahead and CC me on it. We'll have a good laugh. Yeah, with all we'll, your all, dumb we'll, have, fucking tweets. we'll have a good laugh. Uh, on that yeah. note, let's jump to the. I'll, I'll to go. The I'll go back on Twitter to see all, to see all of our. Uh, I'll go back on Twitter to see all of our new flesh fans' terrible first tweets. Terrible. I first will tweets. stick around. Do it up. Do it up. Oh yeah, bits of pieces. Bits of pieces. Glingle glingle bits of pieces. All right, hit me with some news. All right, uh, Andre Overdahl, who just did uh, scary stories to tell in the dark. Uh, fans of the show will know he also did a, a one of a favorite of mine over the past few years, uh, the autopsy of Jane Doe. Uh, so good. good, yeah, such a good movie. Uh, so he is uh, directing the script that's been long gestating in Hollywood has been through a lot of different uh, setups. It's called The Last Voyage of the Demeter, which is the name of the ship that transported Dracula from Transylvania to London in Bram Stoker's classic tale. Uh, in that 1897 novel, the ship washes up on the shores of England, tattered and broken, with one raving mad survivor. Uh, the script, mm-hmm. originally written in 2002, tells the tale of that journey in which the crew is slaughtered one by one by a mysterious passenger. Um, Great. I've heard good things about this script in the past. Uh, excited that he's on board to do it. I thought Scary Stories Tell in the Dark was terrible, but uh, I don't want to give him oh. the, bl- the brunt of the blame for that because uh, his last movie was great. So... Uh, we'll see. Hope that hope this one pans out. Uh, yeah, me too. Thank you, um, Eli Roth. <laughs> Eli Roth. We're both rooting for him. Yeah, we are. Uh, Eli Roth is set to produce a horror script called Ten Thirty One. It's called Ten Dash Thirty One because oh, God, there are so God. many movies about Halloween that have similar titles. Uh, this is for Orion Pictures, and he's really hyping it up. So I just wanted to bring it up. He said, "Very rarely do you get a script that grabs you by the throat." Holds you to the last page and gives you nightmares after. That's what he Shut said. Up. That's what he said. Shut up. <laughs> God damn it. That's what Eli Roth says of Ian Shore yeah, sure and did. Peter Gamble's script, 1031. Uh, the film has been acquired by Orion. Uh, the script is about a young woman who takes her niece and nephew trick or treating and discovers a note inside a candy wrapper that says there's a killer loose on her block. Uh, Roth also said the project, I don't want to reveal too much, but this is one of the best, scariest premises for a horror film that I have read in years. Uh, he says it's his favorite subgenre of horror, and the script is all the ingredients of a new classic. We were very excited to make this film with Orion, blah, blah, blah. Very hyped. Very hype man uh, Eli Roth mode going on here. I'm sure Joe's thrilled. He sounds thrilled already. It's going to stink. It's Eli Roth. It's going to stink. I don't care. And I, I, you know, it's whatever. Like, oh, is it going to be as thrilling as knock, knock? Can we, can, so, can you or I just go back and aggregate all the articles that he, interviews he's done, whatever movie he's coming out, he says pretty much the same thing. Like never ever read a script this great or whatever. I mean, this guy's dining off of Tarantino saying that he was a good horror filmmaker for 20 years now. It's not, not true. Um, this in particular, <laughs> I mean, don't be diplomatic. No, in the <laughs> in the past, you've said like you know he has his name on clown. And you like clown, so maybe yeah. this will be one of those. Keep well, is he that, directing this? Uh, no, he's just producing it. So there's there's All hope right. yet. Okay. All right, Joe's on board reluctantly. Uh, also, Jordan Peele just inked a five year oh. first look deal with Get Universal. Paid. Yeah, dude. Get paid, After my guy. That Academy Award win for uh, Get Out and 500 million at the global box office, including uh, both movies. 
So dude is just a bankable director at this point. What other director yeah. around like sells tickets by name? I feel like it's him and Tarantino and a couple others. Like it's very few, like Scorsese, I guess. But like there's just like not I can't think of like auteur esque filmmakers around today that people like line up for to go see his new movies. Like I guess Christopher Nolan, but like even that's like a lesser degree than like the fervor that accompanies a appeal movie. He's like the it guy. It's it's pretty yeah. cool to see. Good. Uh, yeah, and he's so the what we know is he's got a yeah this five year deal with Universal and he's got two movies slated uh, so far mm-hmm. with that deal. We don't know anything about them. They could be horror. They might not be. He's directing, writing, and producing two more under the deal. So looking forward to that as always. Um, Way to go. Yes, we also have an announcement from Shutter today that uh, Joe Bob Briggs is back on. Friday, <laughs> October 25th, with the Halloween Hootenanny. And we do not know what the movies will be, I don't think. But I think it's pretty obvious what it's going to be. What is it? Well, in, in the, in the um, I don't have it in front of me, but in the in the um, promo, he's like, hey, you know that movie you watch every Halloween? Maybe hold off on watching it and, you know, until, it says something until our show. Mm-hmm. And then he pauses, he's like, or you could watch the remake because we couldn't afford that one. So I think that's just him alluding to that they're doing Halloween. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, that would make sense. The, the original, yeah. And aren't those, all those Halloweens on Shutter now? I thought so. The original one was for a while. I'm not sure if it still is. But, I, I mean, I'm sure they, they have it, yeah. I mean, bro, I got my fingers crossed that he does more than just Halloween. I hope he does. I, I mean, I would do anything for him to do Season of the Witch. Like the I Halloween would lose movie my... season of the witch. Yeah, 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 okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my god, I would love that so much. Yeah, that would be a fun uh, fingers one. crossed. Fingers crossed. Yeah, I mean, I would love to. I would. <laughs> you gotta get back okay. on Twitter. <laughs> Why don't we talk to um John? John works from right. Yeah, put a put a word in with John Brennan from trauma to uh to Joe Bob. What a trajectory. I mean, because I don't know anything about season of the witch except. The idea of like trying to like just do like oh no no one eighty but just them being like eh forget Michael Myers let's just do an let's just turn the Halloween movies into an anthology horror because at that point you know Carpenter was long gone and they had the property but as far as like developing that story and putting it together and you know has has uh, has uh, uh, Tom Atkins talked about that movie at all I, I don't know like it's Tom Atkins right yeah it is Tom Atkins I'm pretty sure Tom Atkins just did an interview uh, with my buddy at Comic Book. Web, I think it's just comicbook.com. I'll have to look for it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I'm not sure. I don't, I don't know much about that movie either, other than a lot of people love it and a lot of people hate it. And I fucking love it. I would love to hear Joe Bob's deep dive into it. I would love to. Hear, I would love, love, love that. All right, well, that's a new campaign we're starting. We want to get that to happen. Um, I don't mm-hmm. have that many. I don't have that much more news. I have Stephen King. Uh, Stephen King's got a new book set for 2020. It is uh, called If It Bleeds, and it's uh, four short story, four novellas in one okay. thing. Uh, let's see. They're called Mr. Harrigan's Phone, The Life of Chuck, Rat, and the title story, If It Bleeds. Uh, the okay. No- yeah, sounds good. I mean, his short stories are often some of my favorite works and some of the best uh, movies. The, the cover has a cat on it, so I love it already. Uh, it's out on May 5th. He wrote it for us. He wrote it for us. May 5th, 2020. Uh, Zack Snyder talked a little bit more about his new movie, uh, Army of the Dead. The, the news here, I think, is that it's coming uh, on Netflix next winter, so uh, a, a year from this winter, which is a shock. I thought it would be coming sooner. 
But uh, he yeah. says the movie takes... Is that the one with... It's in Vegas, right? Yes, this movie takes place in Las Vegas, Snyder explains. A zombie plague hits Vegas, and they're able to contain the virus of the city. They build a wall out of shipping containers, and the city falls. And six years later, one of the casino owners hires this group of zombie soldiers to go get his money that he left in a safe in the casino. <laughs> I mean, what a what? What the fuck? Let's do it. I want it. I want to see it right now. Yeah, I want Army of the Dead so bad. It's coming out uh, next winter. Uh, Zack Snyder, you yeah. know, kind of came on the scene with his Dawn of the Dead remake, which I think holds up and is pretty good. Uh, yeah, I'm excited for that. And that's all the news I have, I think. Do you have any? No, uh, no don't. I don't believe that I do. Yeah, great. Um, all right. Did uh, I guess it's time for a three, a two, mm-hmm. a one. Mm-hmm. What did you watch? That was a bad one. Um, That's okay. Thanks. Uh, what did I watch? What did you watch? Did you watch anything of note? Pretty much all caught up on Secession. And then I watched a movie that you recommended that is a screener from the Brooklyn Horror Festival. Uh, this is our home? It, yes, I believe that's the one. Uh, started off a lot of, minute movie. Yeah, I know. It started off promising. I just thought it was really boring. I, I'd mentioned on uh, the last podcast, the one before, about like the trend in horror being all these understated, kind of slow, whispery talk. Nothing really happens. And then something really violent happens towards the end. And it's you know left open to interpretation. And I was just not into it at all. I thought it was, I thought it was boring and, and we had to work hard to watch the whole thing. <laughs> Damn. For 73 minutes, yeah. work hard. Yikes. I know, right? Not a great review. Yikes, so. Not a great oh, review. Sorry, guys. What did I watch from there? I watched Rock, Paper, Scissors, which was pretty good, actually. Um, it's this, I think, Argentinian movie where mm-hmm. it's kind of the premise is it's misery-esque. It's like this this sister. There's like a brother and sister living together. And then uh, a, th- a third, another sister shows up and you kind of realize like, oh, these two were living in the house they grew up in and their father just died. And this chick's coming back to get her part of the inheritance and then the other two decide to like kind of hobble her and keep her there so they can keep their inheritance. But, uh, I love the opening. I don't know half of it. And then it kind of tapers off a little and doesn't do much with that idea after it gets to it. It just, it's like, it's just tries to do too much, but like, I feel like a lot of the, yeah, a lot of these movies are kind of like that. Yeah. They try to do too much and they don't quite pull it off. I thought this is our home was the best of the lot, but I've only really? watched a few. I've watched Porno, which I said was bad. The Swerve, mm-hmm. which was bad. I'm not sure if I'm allowed to talk about these yet. They might be embargoed. Don't tell on me. Um, what else did I watch? Oh, I saw two big movies. I saw Joker. What do you want to know about Joker? I can... Uh, so, I mean, <laughs> could you talk us through it, man? Because, I mean, like this is this is the movie of the moment. Yeah. Although I wish it wasn't. First, let As me I just say... In a previous podcast, yeah. I think it looks bad for looking bad i i don't think i don't i don't buy into the incel culture i don't buy into the cancel culture i don't buy into the left as being too sensitive i don't buy into. i I just looked at it when it first came out i was like i don't want this movie i don't care about this movie uh i like joaquin phoenix just as much as next person just a standalone joker movie just made me just think like this is what a 18 year old who just went away to college thinks is a good idea for a movie. Oh, dude. This is going to be... Yeah. This is soon to be the new Fight Club. This is soon to be the yeah. new... Everyone, when they turn 19, every 19-year-old bro's favorite movie, yeah, man, he just doesn't give a fuck. Isn't that crazy? Uh, I will say that a friend of mine, or a, a, a co-worker of mine, a younger guy, he had never seen Taxi Driver, 
and yeah, he saw if you've taxi, never he seen, said, if you've no, never he seen said, Taxi he, Driver, you probably love it. Yeah, that's my. Well, guess. he said, he said he saw Joker this weekend, and I'm like, what'd you think? And he goes, he's like, well, I saw Taxi Driver for the first time a couple days before, and it's it's Taxi Driver. It's the same thing. Yeah, I'm exactly. Like, I'm like, yeah. So yeah. and I even and and we and I and I went on to make the point. I was like, Taxi Driver was incredible in 1970, whenever it came out. Yeah. Uh, because that type of story about that type of person had pretty much never been told before, and what a revolutionary thing to be like, you know, do a movie starring an ignored person in a shitty situation. I mean, it was a revolutionary idea, and and De Niro's amazing, and I would say that De Niro then and Joaquin Phoenix now are probably comparable as far as acting ability. I think Joaquin Phoenix is incredible. But the issue is, is that for me, and this is why I don't want to see Joker, is I'm like, there's literally a million movies like that now. There yeah. literally is a million uh, movies about just dis- movie about disturbed guy who just, you know, his environment breaks him and he does something crazy. And the fact that they just made it the Joker, it's like, who yeah. fucking cares? Yeah. All you right. So pretty how much, was it? It was terrible. It was terrible. You pretty much nailed it on the head. I want to just say that I review when I re- walked out of it, like I'm reviewing the movie. I'm not reviewing this like bullshit controversy or like the the rhetoric of Todd Phillips in the press. Like I'm just judging it as a movie. And like yeah. the movie is just like such hollow garbage. Like it's so <laughs> like it's what I think my first tw- tweet about it was that it's like a dumb person's idea of a smart movie. It like yep. is a hundred percent like it's a hundred percent. You're right. It's going to be like the dorm room poster movie. It's like the boondock mm-hmm. saints type. Yes. Uh, thank crowd. you. Boondock saints is the perfect, but boondock saints. Yeah. Fight club. Yeah. Uh, everyone who, everyone who ever like, put on fight club for the buddy and they're just like when the reveal happens that it's 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 he's a split personality and just kind of looks at his bro like bro right dude dude, honestly honestly right at joker i i had my hope i had a couple friends say they really liked it so i was like you know what i'm gonna go in i just want to like this movie i hope it's good i just i agree that like on its face the idea of a joker origin story like where it's like not even not even not even empathizing just like showing you him become radicalized like I just, it just sounds silly to me, and the movie treats that super fucking stupid, silly premise with, like, the most utmost uh, seriousness. It's just, like, the most melancholy, like, depressing, uh, I mean, the fact that they turn the Joker into, like, you know, this mental health origin story, where, do you know that he laughs in this movie because he has, like, a condition, and like he can't st- mm-hmm. like in social situations when he's nervous he can't help it and he just starts laughing uncontrollably so much so that like he has a card that he hands out to people that says hi I have a condition and I'm not laughing at you I just can't stop doing it so like he's just so this, stupid oh my god dude dude this is an opening sequence like he opening scene I think it's him just laughing uncontrollably and then it happens again on a bus and he has to hand the card to someone and I'm just like I'm in the theater laughing at the movie it, almost immediately because I'm just like. This is so fucking stupid. Like they're playing this like a like a like a like a uh, uh, what do you call it? Like a prestige drama, and it's just it's the fucking yeah. Joker, and it's the Thank Joker's you. origin story, and it's now, just yeah, now now do the fucking Penguin one. Let me guess. Well, the dude, pang- you, like, know what? The, you know what? You know what? You know because the Penguin would be a good one because what well, a fat like a fat guy can't get off the internet. You know, wah, wah, like just like you know probably just got like picked on a lot, and you know no girl wants to fuck him, and that's why he dresses well, you know in the top what, man? hat and monocle. Or in whatever. the world like, where stupid. In a world where last October I think it was yeah it was Venom set the record 
for the highest opening. Uh, Joker just broke it with 93.5 million in America alone for an R rated. Uh, this is an R rated movie that made that much money. And it's, uh, it, it did basically, it did a 234 million worldwide this weekend. And this is a uh, way higher than people thought it was going to do, especially because of all the, the bad press it was getting this week and thought people, people were going to be scared off. But basically this movie did so well that I think you're right. We're, we are going to get these fucking one-off origin stories for fucking everybody. I'm sure they're going to do them all. Just, just like with Venom, we're getting Venom 2. We're getting Morbius with Jared Leto, I think. We're getting like all these random character, uh, uh, side character movies. Um, I just, w- I mean, I'm kind of happy that Joker did well and that it's like, oh, cool, R-rated comic book movie did well again. That's always good because I, I just want more of this type of thing in theory. But man, like... Anything that the Joker does right, like even if there's like some shots that look cool or um, it's just the script undercuts it at every turn. And like there are multiple sequences where the Joker just is like kookily dancing around like with like slow mo in slow motion as if it's like, you know, like a parody of like. Uh, American Beauty from like years ago where it's like, you know, the bag in the wind. Like it's like that. It looks like it's making fun of art movies. Dude, exactly. That is what this movie is. Like the whole time I'm like, this is dialed up so high that like it is, it is indistinguishable from parody. Like I couldn't believe I was like, I'm like, this is like someone took the bit, like an SNL bit, like way too far. Like they're like, what if we did the Joker's origin story? And like, it's really gritty. And they're like, okay. And instead of giving it two minutes, they gave it two hours and they That's made so this. Funny. That's they the made best this way putting it. whole That's the fucking best way thing. Putting it. It is insane. Fuck it. And I will say, Fuck it. there are two, like a couple scenes where, like, basically the bursts of violence that I liked because it's just so shocking and like what you're expecting to be like a kids movie to see like, oh my. Or first of all, this movie's not a kids movie. I'm just saying like this is like kid material. You're giving the Batman villain a, a super serious R-rated gritty thing. So like the fact that there's violence in it at all is like interesting to me, but like there's one sequence. It's like the sequence in the movie. It's the ending, the prolonged sequence where he's on Robert De Niro's comedy show. Um, is there a, uh, is there a, uh, is it, I saw at least three publications, including business insider or insider put out a ending of Joker explained. Does this, does no, it actually have to be explained? Nothing or people has are idiots? to be explained. People are idiots. Okay. Okay. It, there's nothing to explain. Okay. I'll spoil it for you if you want. And I'm sure people... Yeah, I'm, the... I'll never see it. I will okay. never see this movie. I'm going to put spoiler tags at 30 minutes and 30 seconds of this podcast because I'm about to say the ending of the movie, the scene that I said was really good. Basically, uh, do you want to know? I mean, the ending of the movie is that he ends up on that show, like this like basically Johnny Carson type show that he and his mom watch together that he's obsessed with with Robert De Niro. Uh, basically, Robert De Niro at one point makes fun of him like it's just this. First of all, let me tell you how dumb the script is. Uh, Wait, that sounds like the king of comedy, dude. It is. That's what I'm telling you. Uh, I didn't oh even get there God. yet. So at one point of this movie, I don't know if you remember, it was supposed to be produced by Martin Scorsese, executive produced by Martin Scorsese. And you know why that yeah, is? A hundred, hundred percent, because this movie is just Taxi Driver and King of Comedy so much so that they were just like, well, we have to put his name on it. Because we're basically wow. just stealing it. Like that is how much that is how much this movie is aping it. Like Robert De Niro plays that uh, Jerry Lewis or whatever character in this movie, and like it's like totally Unreal. a nod to that. Um, so he finally makes it on the show. He makes it on the show and he fucking shoots him on air on live TV, and like that's kind of the ending that radicalizes the nation around him. But like this radical, I have I have to explain the rest of the movie first. But like that's the ending. It's kind of like the 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 rioter. Like there's basically Gotham City. All the, uh, all the bad people 
are empowered by his uh him doing this because he's kind of like he he kills him on air because robert de niro basically i was i was trying to say the script is so bad that robert de niro just randomly is like oh i have this tape from an open mic that this guy did and it's really funny we should all watch it and this is like 1980s late night show on the show on the show and he's like it's just like, like look how bad a, this guy it's doing. a huge leap in logic for me in the movie that it's just like all of a sudden, Robert De Niro is on live TV, and he has a random uh, tape from an open mic in Gotham that uh, like, that the watch, Joker like, happened to do. Let's watch this guy do terrible. Yeah, yeah, it's completely absurd, and like that's the whole yeah. like radicalize. Like he becomes, or he starts like you know planning for that to go on the show. And I but, hate, like, I hate that. I hate that it's he's pursuing comedy. I fucking hate that. Oh, it's. I it, hate that. Well, I hate that pursuing stand-up comedy because every fucking loser in the country is trying to be a stand-up comic thanks to podcasts and fucking Twitter that to just like if they made this movie, you know, 15 years ago, he would have tried to become a professional rollerblader or something. It's just so like <laughs> obnoxious that that's the fad that they were like, yeah, everyone's trying to do comedy now. So I'm just doing the Joker was at, at, at an open mic. Like, Are you fucking kidding me? That's so annoying. Also, you say leap in logic. Here's another leap in logic. They don't shoot those shows live. They shoot them at 3 p.m. So if you killed them on the show, they wouldn't have aired it. Yeah, there's tons of there's there's tons of stupid shit like so that stupid. that I could get into. But like the movie itself is not even worthy of like all the stupid hand-wringing over it. Like it's just so bad. Basically, it's uh yeah, it opens on him. He's cracking up. He's he's mentally, Melinda's mentally ill. He lives with his mother. The worst thing about Why this movie. Why does he want to be a clown? He does not. He doesn't want to be a clown, dude. Let me tell you how stupid it is again. Uh, opening scene he's basically working for like a clown subcontractor he's in like a locker room with a bunch of other guys dressed as clowns and like they get like assignments and it's like this like just completely ludicrous thing that doesn't exist also that's so like he's like this freelance clown he's not getting work or he loses work because he gets the sign he's like a clown holding spinning a sign he gets his ass kicked and they lose the and his sign gets broken over his head but the boss doesn't care about him so he loses that job or that comes out of his paycheck you're fired for getting mugged yeah basically why would you because the world is out to get him don't you see like it's Uh -uh. just like it's a really it's just a really it's just garbage man it's really stupid and um joaquin phoenix gives a good performance in just a bad, just a terrible movie. Like, and that, it's not even that good. It's just like the script is so bad. I mean, I guess you can praise him for like losing 50 pounds and looking really gross and wiry. And it's like, what for man? So it just is so silly. Um, I can't believe this movie exists. I truly can't. But uh, basically the, there's, there is a big fight club uh, thing in there in that there's this whole thing that is, let me just say up front, it's very clear that he's hallucinating these interactions but the movie treats the reveal that it is as like a as a huge reveal that we should have been like shocked by when it was 100% clear. Basically, he fabricates an entire relationship with Zazie Beats as if it's a real thing. And it, she just never is there. He's made it up in his head. Like she's not real or he's she's just, real, just but he's he... he's pretending to be hanging out with her. Um, oh, that's it's so like and like there's this big reveal where it's supposed to be like, ah, oh, yes. Yeah, see, remember this part? She wasn't there. Remember this part? She wasn't there. And it's like. Yeah, we all inferred this already. And it's just like you think <laughs> you think that's like a big like you are really d- you must think we're really fucking dumb. And it's just like it is truly just I can't like d- describing it as a dumb person's idea of a smart movie is the really best way I could put it. It's really just it's a new it, it thinks it thinks it's saying something, but it's truly I promise you this movie says nothing. Like when it's over there's nothing to be said. It's just like you just watch that happen and it's like for what? What did what did we learn? 
it's completely useless. Um, Jesus. And All yeah. right, well, I, I will, I, I will never see this movie again. I'll never see this movie. I mean, some people glad. will are bound to like it because it's just like different than a comic book movie. But I mean, I think fans of Joker and Batman probably won't like it because it just treats the 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 origin like shit and it just changes everything. Like the the, and there's uh, no the Batman, Joker's origin. Correct? No, no bat. Oh, you know what? Actually, I didn't even get to my worst part about it, which is that. Everyone's saying this is like some groundbreaking movie that's like different for the genre and like different than any other comic movie you've ever seen. That is such shit because this movie is just like the most generic origin story shit still. It's the most, it's still such a comic book movie. Like it's, uh, what am I trying to say? It brings in all the shit that all those like prequels try to do where it's like, well, we have to justify, we have to make, um, we have to make these big moments happen because we know this is the Joker and we know he's Batman's enemy. So we have to work in these, uh, these big origin moments. Right. So this movie does that. So it was like, he has an interaction with a young Bruce Wayne and there's this, there's a whole subplot that is crucial to the, to the plot of the movie about Thomas Wayne and like how he's like this corrupt millionaire and it has his mom claims she slept with Thomas Wayne and Thomas Wayne's his father, but his mother's just crazy. Thomas Wayne says, so we can't believe her. And it's just like, this is so stupid. I just so couldn't believe it. find out that the Joker is uh, Bruce Wayne's brother. Well, you're the movie wants you to think that uh, that's his father, but then uh, then you, the, that's the, the trick is that it's not because his mom was crazy. And that's when he finds out he's crazy and then decides to go off his meds and go crazy. Um, it's just, yeah. it's just trash. It's so bad. Um, and then of course, Bruce Wayne's parents get killed in the alley in this movie by set off by the Joker's, um, like the riots that come, that happen after the Joker kills the guy on TV, which by the way, I'm saying it like it's like a plot progression, but the movie doesn't even treat it as such. It's just like, oh yeah, this happened. And now everyone agrees the Joker's cool. It's just like, it just happens. It's, it's a terrible it's a bad movie. I I, I, right. I am shocked by it. I just talked about it for like 20 so minutes. How, so how is Uncut Gems? <laughs> <laughs> Uncut Gems, I'm going to say right off the bat, I don't want to talk about it too much because no one will see it for a while, but uh. Uh, disappointing slightly uh, oh. only because the hype was so high and I love Good Time so much that like mm-hmm. this was bound to let me down a little bit. But uh, I mean, Adam Sandler's great. So fun to watch. There's this newcomer, Julia Fox, who's fucking gorgeous and fun to watch. Uh, Kevin Garnett is really good in this. Great actor. Um, it's a, it's just, it's just, honestly, my opinion is it, if it was half an hour shorter, I would love it. It's just a little too long. It's like two hours and 10 minutes, whereas Good Time, I'm pretty sure is like 80 minutes and like never stops. This movie has that same energy, but it also then just meanders for a long, long stretches. Um but I mean, the movie still is better than 90% of the shit I see, you know, like it's still like an interesting, worthwhile movie. It's just like I was expecting this five star experience and it's more of like a three and a half star experience. And that's fine. Oh, well, it's still good. Yeah. It's still good. It's still worth recommending. Um, Sandler's performance uh, yeah. award winning. I think it's great. I think the movie's too out there to be a real awards contender. That is my take. Mm. I do not think this movie will get uh, Oscar attention. I think it's too it's too too strange. Um, but it, it's, it's, I like good time a lot better just because I think it has all the same qualities I liked and it's shorter and it doesn't, I don't know. I mean, this movie does have an impact. Like the ending is so impactful. I don't, I'm just trying not to describe it cause it's not coming out till December, but like this movie basically it makes a, then the, the climax of the movie is like watching a Knicks game or a, a Celtics game. And it's like actually exciting the way that the movie works. 
But uh, is that right? Yeah, it's it's interesting. I, I'm excited for people to see it and talk about it more uh, once you've seen it. But uh, what else did I watch besides that? I think that might be it before we talk about our main event. This is going to be a pretty short episode today, or a little shorter than usual. Um, our main event is in the tall grass. I also want to quickly say I rewatched because we were just looking for some bullshit to watch. When we were upstate, and I rewatched Idle Hands from 1999. Uh, Devin yeah. Sawa, Seth Green, the movie where a 17 year old stoner like his hand is possessed and kills people and then he cuts it off Mm -hmm. and it still goes around and kills people uh i liked this back when it came out or when it was on hbo when i was a kid does not hold up do not recommend it it also is just such a relic of time because like i looked up the this movie cost 25 million dollars and it made like yes yes and it made like four. And it's just like this movie would absolutely 100% positively never get made today. And it's crazy there was ever a time when this movie got made for $25 million. So for that reason alone, maybe check it out again. But uh, ugh, really bad movie. And we watched it on Vudu, which a uh, pretty cool experience. Vudu, though, it's a bunch of free movies you can just watch with with uh, very limited ads. Yeah, I have the apps. I have the app on my uh, Roku. Is this something that I should really be like paying attention to? I mean, there's a bunch of stuff on there. I mean, crap like this movie. But like, I was watching. <laughs> we watched this movie, and there was maybe three ads the whole time, and each was like 15 seconds. It was like very barely there. Mm. Yeah. I um, I paid. I paid for some sort of subscription to this uh, Philo because I wanted to uh, stay up to date on. Uh, X on the Beach, which, by the way, is a fantastic show, <laughs> if I can okay. recommend. A trashy reality show. I think X on the Beach is the finest. Until uh, 90 Day Fiance comes back, X on the Beach will certainly scratch that itch. You love trash um, TV. Love it. Oh, I also so, watched uh, the Creep Show that you couldn't watch. So you said you can't watch Creep Show because Shudder's yeah, Fucked it won't up. play in my app. The, the, everything else in Shudder, well, I haven't tried everything, but watching something else on Shudder works totally fine. For some reason, last week when the first episode came out, I could watch it, but now I can't watch the new episode or the old episode. It goes a load, it doesn't, and then just takes me back to the series page. So Why don't you I, email their customer service? They're very receptive and responsive. They'll probably give you some money back at least or something. Uh, all right. But like, yeah, I want uh, you to watch it. I know, and I want to watch it. All right, what can you tell me about it? Um, I will tell you this episode uh, was less good than the first one, in my opinion. Uh, the first one was written and directed by Rob Schraub, the guy who did Monster House, and he's a frequent collaborator with Dan Harmon, I believe, and I think he does NBC, yes. NBC stuff, right? Yeah, I know he works in the Sarah Silverman program. I think he does stuff with uh, on Rick and Morty. I don't know if he's... Just he's just a, a comedy writer and director and producer. Um, yeah, so he did a World War II set thing. It was called Bad Wolf Down. I don't, I don't want to ruin these for you. I want you to watch these. So we'll talk about them next week, maybe. But uh, I'll just Wait. say I'll just say uh, this episode was okay. Uh, I didn't. I don't know. Werewolves and Nazis are kind of old hat for me. I feel like there's been so many of these types of things. And this one, I will say I, I enjoyed the cleverness of, like, the, the way it morphed or the way they, like, use their – how am I going to say this? The way they, like – their budgetary restraints, the way they, like, mm-hmm. worked around that, I was – I found very clever. Like, it's – you know, this move, this uh, short where 
people to transform into wolves. So they use like the comic book effect to have them transform and then just have them be wolves after. Like they did like oh, okay. really clever, cheap things to like, you know, it's, I, I just was a, I was enamored or uh, amused by, I was like, ah, this is clever the way they're, they're making this so cheaply, but I didn't find this short very good. And the second one stars DJ Qualls. Remember DJ Qualls? And wasn't he in idle hands? Uh, no, but I see why you'd think so. Maybe he is. I don't remember. I think he's in the I, new I, guy. Yeah, he was in and Road Trip. Road Trip, yes. He's just that wiry little freaky dude. The geeky guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's yeah. in this uh, other one that's directed by Greg Nicotero. It's written by horror novelist David Show. It's called The Finger, and it's about uh, a guy who's like a found. He like loves finding objects, like found objects, and he finds uh, a, a, a weird finger. It's like a, of a creature yeah. of like unknown origin. You can't tell what it is. And he uh, takes it home and it basically starts growing into like a little creature and starts killing, oh, cool. and it starts killing people. Um, that one was fun. It was just a little familiar too. It just was like, yeah, I've and the creature's design looks a lot like, uh, it's like a miniature version of the alien, alien uh, xenomorph thing. Mm. But it's also like uh, kind of like the little sticky, this little small stick guys from Men in Black. Uh, you'll see what I mean. It's a weird. It's it, it's weird and funny and goofy and it's fine. I, I I was amused by both of these enough to say like yeah I still like Creep Show and I'm still excited for next week but not my favorite episode. I thought both of them last week were way better. Okay. Okay. Um and the main event this week uh is the Stephen King Joe Hill joint directed by Vincenzo Natale of Cube fame and I believe a bunch of Hannibal episodes and he did Splice and whatnot. But uh, in mm-hmm. the tall grass, I saw get a lot of negative reviews, so I was not looking yeah, forward to it. Yeah, I saw it. that too. Same, yeah, same. a lot of people by the way, saying it was, it it's was no a Stephen. It, by the way, it was a Stephen King Joe Hill novella that was written. I don't know the difference between a novella and a book is, other than a novella is shorter. Yeah, a novella I think is between a short story and a novel, maybe. Ooh, okay. I just made that up, but I think it sounds right. Yeah, that sounds right. Uh, yeah, but it wouldn't be called dead reading. Um, I think this movie is, I'm going to say right off the bat that like, I was expecting it to be really bad just based on all the reviews. And I was pleasantly surprised to find it mostly pretty good. I thought, I thought it was good. I had a feeling of a uh, mid nineties Stephen King movie. I'm trying to think of like, uh, needful things or the dark half or, or whatever, like not, the landmark Stephen King movies, but also not the crappy ones, just no, the ones this, that like right. you've seen and you're like, oh yeah, that was all right, and then like you just kind of forget about it. Like I would this say, movie, this movie, this movie would be on TBS every Saturday night for like totally. years, and for like a movie that definitely has like a TV movie vibe, it's mm-hmm. it's it's so visually interesting. I just think mm-hmm. Vincenzo Natale is such a good director and like so dynamic that all of his shot compositions are nice to look at. So I found the movie to be intoxicating and easy to watch. Yeah. Even though yep. I do agree, I don't know if you, I don't know if you're even gonna say I don't know why I said agree. I think this movie is overlong by like 15, 20 minutes. Like yeah, and in, in the sense of I'm looking, I was about to say something about today. I'm looking for the run. It's 101 minutes, and it isn't over. I didn't feel it was overlong as far as. Come on, guys, get to the story. I just felt that you know the first forty minutes. I don't want to give a lot away. I eh, probably will. The first forty minutes is just. I mean, the whole thing takes place walking around a tall grass field that's almost like this endless maze of like 
space or time, you know, they, they, they have all these tricks to show like, Hey, you're right by me. And then like a minute later, you're like really far away and it doesn't make yeah, sense. Yeah. Like the scene how, where they jump works. up and they're looking at each other and then they're just really far And then far they do away. it a second time yeah. again. Yeah. But it's, but it's still, it's still like, like Cube, it's still hard to really sell you on a thriller where it's like the, the environment doesn't change a lot. Yeah. No, you that's know? why I think I was impressed by it because it didn't, stray from its location at all really and it it for mm-hmm. me it, it it i mean it's it, i did think it by the end i was like i didn't maybe i checked my watch once by the end just to be like all right is this wrapping up yet because i didn't know where it was going i'm like one mm-hmm. it just felt like it had it had like run its course through all the scenarios it could possibly do mm-hmm. um but i i think it's i love the like trippy mind-bending uh, nature of it and I thought the the visuals matched that and I, I I was just I was like fully hooked I thought it was a very compelling and honestly above average Stephen King or not, I, I can't judge the adaptation because I haven't read the book um, mm-hmm. I actually heard the ending of the book is way fucking darker than the movie the movie has wow, a pretty really? uh, pretty happy ending so to speak for the characters except for like one of them I think in the mm-hmm. book spoiler alert apparently they all gets they're all just stuck in there and it ends with like another group of people showing up so I think, it, yeah, a little grimmer, but, uh, yeah, the movie works. It, it's, it's really, yeah, it's, it's they one get of the, right into it. Yeah. And it's like, I feel like the Netflix, uh, King, like Gerald's game was great. There's a lot of good Netflix King stuff. 1922 was good, which I finally watched mm-hmm. like at some point a little later than I should have. Um, I just am impressed with the Stephen King Netflix collaborations and especially because the big screen ones like Pet Cemetery was so fucking terrible and like the Dark Tower from a few years ago. It's just like there are so many bigger Stephen King projects that get these bigger movies and there's and they're bad, which is why this one, which is like, I will admit, it's not like great and it definitely overstates its welcome a little bit and uh, you may find it redundant or something. But like the, the central premise to me is intriguing enough that uh, mm-hmm. a well-directed version of it is is compelling for me i was i was super into it yeah i did enjoy it i liked all the stuff with the rock that they find out there and that part where like it opens up and all the people are like in like the pit or whatever when she yes. finds all that i felt i felt like i really like kicked it up a notch where we're supposed to yeah i think this is like um right in the stephen king adaptation like sweet spot where they put enough money to fa- well first of all the reason I think that these these adaptations are like good is that the technology has finally caught up with the, um, uh, the cost. Oh yeah. Yeah. How much? I mean, how much could this have cost? How much could this have cost? Do you think? I don't it's know. More like, like 10, 15. 4 million. Oh. You think okay. ten or fifteen? Oh, I have no idea. But I mean, I don't think yeah, it's I mean, more yeah. than that. Yeah. And I don't feel like it was heavily um, advertised. So I just feel like it was just like, hey, it's out. Okay, great. Watched it. Good to go. I think the reason these these other ones, these big budget or these high profile ones, are bombing is because they put so much money into it. Then just like all the uh, cooks get in the kitchen, and and it's just like you know, Pet Cemetery shouldn't have been as long and as boring and as bad as it was. But it was like everyone was like, let's try and recapture how great it was, and obviously they can't do that. And you even had bad things to say about the, it too. So it just goes to show you, like people dogpile on this guy's movies. But with this, I just feel like, you know, Netflix is like, all right, we got the director, we got the script, nobody touch anything because we'll just release it and it's all, you know, they put out a movie every day anyway, so this would be the one they just put out next Saturday and after they, you know, it's on your home screen for two days and then it's kind of like, all right, goodbye forever. I did enjoy it. I think, like, it's a perfect, you know, it's a perfect Sunday. I'm kind of hungover. I don't feel like going out movie. It's on. You can kind of like. It's a good like, Halloween so- movie. 
Uh, oh yeah. I thought Patrick Wilson, one of the most fun Patrick Wilson performances I can think of. Like he really, sure. he really gets to like go to 11. You know what I mean? Like he, he's really like oh, dialed in and over the top and like, he doesn't really get to do that. And like, the uh what do you call it in the insidious movies or the conjuring movies isn't he in both of those yeah yeah uh, <laughs> i don't know i think he he's is in a few of them i think he's I in both of those franchises the, the I, warrens yeah i'm pretty is sure he's the, in both is he of the warren wait the warrens or the conjuring wait, no, no, and in, no, no, in insidious no. he's yeah. also there yeah he's the dad insidious too he's in the he's in the first insidious he's not in all of them yeah but he's definitely in the second one too because of the second one is he with, with, with super the, with the enfield estate is that the Enfield? Oh, yes, in the second one. You're talking about Conjuring. I'm talking about Insidious. <laughs> <laughs> He's in both, track. I'm pretty sure. Um, yeah, but yeah, yeah. Uh, Patrick Wilson's great in this. Um, yes, we is. haven't even talked about what it's about, but basically it's just like the movie starts with a, a pregnant woman and her brother. They're driving uh, and they are, they're, they're pulled over for some reason and they hear like a little boy in the grass calling them. It's in a country, it's in a country area. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Tall grass on one side old chapel on the other yeah i forget why they oh they stopped because she's just pregnant and sick and she has to throw oh, up yeah that's right a, a kid a kid yelling for them to help so obviously like oh walk in and go find them and then it's like they can't find their way out and they can't find the kid and then they get separated and they realize very quickly that like the geography doesn't make sense the geography doesn't like- make sense time starts to not make sense um mm-hmm. and then we meet patrick wilson's character and also his son who's that's the bullet there. boy who is lost and um, mm-hmm. from there, the movie just kind of like you kind of like it's one of those things where it's a time warp. So like you're experiencing things you've already seen before and then you're experiencing things you've seen before from a different angle. And you get kind of a uh, it's like very like time crimes or time copy things going on in it. But um, yeah, I thought it was a fresh take on that type of stuff. And it it uh, I, I, I like that sci fi premise mixed with the horror premise, you know. Now, let me ask you a question. Mm hmm. And this, we're getting a mild spoilers here, but I feel like a lot of our audiences probably watch this movie already. You're in this situation. You're with them when they get to the big rock, the the rock. Do you touch it? Well, do I touch it to save the other people? Because no, basically it, that's it, what it, happened. Um, yeah, I just I just feel like watching it, but this guy's just like, you have to touch the rock. And everyone touches the rock kind of becomes like a fanatic about never leaving. And wanting you basically to like become a else. messenger for the grass is how I saw it. Like once you yeah, touch I the rock, you're like, just like you're a almost vessel. like, yeah, you're just manically part of it. Yeah. For good. But like also just you can like, see beyond and you can do whatever. Like you're Yeah, just, and they seem yeah. really into it. And at the time it seemed like it was inescapable. We were watching it and when that part came up, he's like, you have to touch it. Like you'll you'll realize what how to get out, but you won't want to leave because you'll realize that this is where you want to be because it's the greatest place ever. And, and Mo was like, would you touch a rock? And I'm like, hell yeah, I'd touch that. Like if you felt like you couldn't get out of well, it. Well, at like, that point, I'll, yes. I mean, I'll, t- those... I'll touch this and be like, hey, now I love it here and I don't want to leave. I mean, yeah, I, I think <laughs> – I think how I would. How long would you hold out? How long would you hold out? I would I hold mean, out for two you days. Don't, you wouldn't know though, because the time goes like they were there for months and they were also there for days, and it's just like it doesn't even make any sense. So yeah, I think at some point I touch the rock. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I'd pretty much be like, "Fuck this, I'm sticking around." <laughs> <laughs> this is a, this tall grass ain't so bad. It's actually good. Yeah. I love wait it. a second. I love it here now. Yeah, when they found that bowling alley in there too, it's like, all right, we got a bowling alley. Like, <laughs> this is yeah, sick. apparently. Apparently we don't eat here, so whatever you know. Yeah, it was cool. I thought, uh, I, 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 yeah, it's 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 a dumb fun movie. It's dumb fun where Joker is dumb bad. <laughs> yeah, it's dumb fun. You watch uh, 
Watch In the Tall Grass. Don't watch Joker. And then we'll be back next week. Regularly scheduled Monday episode, I believe. Um, and yep. we will be talking about uh, the Hulu Blumhouse Into the Dark movie for October. Uncanny Annie. I don't know. Wait, I thought... Anything. I thought I wasn't watching this anymore. Uh, well, you have at least one more because it started in November last year, I think. So you have to at no, least didn't. do this started one. Ha- didn't it? Started ha- I thought yes. it started in November for uh, what was the October the one? Oh, the body. You're right. Okay. <laughs> well, if you don't want to watch, you don't have to. But the, I was going to say there's another movie we should watch, which is on Shudder. It's an Australian slasher called The Furies, which I've heard is uh, gory enough to worth to, to recommend. So uh, I'll check it out. We'll check those out. We'll report back next week. And then the week after that, I think, will be Three from Hell, baby. Rob Zombie. Oh, yeah. You, you said that leaked. And what else leaked? It leaked, but uh, I'm waiting for the official release. And Rabbit is also leaked online, but I don't know when that comes out. Oh, yeah. I don't know That's when that comes come out. Up. I have no idea. We'll, uh, we'll, recoup, we'll talk about that and uh, figure yeah. that out. Maybe I'll get a guest to talk about Three from Hell if you refuse to watch it. Uh, we'll figure it out. I refuse. I don't want to go to the theater and see. Uh, it. It'll be on Blu-ray on the 14th, I think. So, Blu-ray or on VOD, sir. <laughs> Blu-ray. <laughs> I still I love physical media. Unreal. <laughs> All right. Uh, bye. See you next week. Bye, everyone. Oh, new flesh. I've learned that death is not the end of the new flesh. Oh, the new flesh. I was hoping you'd be back.